Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Helix Reviews Podcast. My name is David Arrington, bringing you reviews from a Christian Geek worldview, and today on the show, I'm going to be talking about some recent Marvel news that came out. What you thought what they announced at San Diego Comic-Con was all of Phase 4, well, you were mistaken. There is more, and I'm going to talk about it, and then I'm going to pitch to you my ideas for a few other Hulk movies, standalone. Hulk movies that I think would be pretty cool since it seems like they're not going to be making any Hulk movies anytime soon. But before we get to the Hulk stuff, let's talk about this D23 news. More stuff is happening in Phase 4 than we thought was happening. We thought we got the complete Phase 4 announcement taking place over two years, but nope, there's more, and they even had a Phase 5 announcement for the MCU here. Uh, let's just start off with some of these Phase 4 additions here. We have, they're all three... Uh, Disney Plus series. So no new movies, just new TV shows that's going to be on the Disney Plus network. Man, there's so many. I I think I'm going to have to end up getting this network, man, because there's there's so much Marvel on here that they say is going to be integral in with all the movies and stuff. So I'm going to have to check this out. But we'll start off here with Ms. Marvel is getting her own show, and no, this obviously this is not the Ms. Marvel that now has a movie called Captain Marvel, because now she's known as Captain Marvel in the comics, and the new Ms. Marvel in the comics is Kamala Khan, uh, I think that's how you pronounce her name. Anyway, she was a fairly recent addition to the comics, really. Uh, I've read a couple issues with her, and from what I read, it was pretty good. Um, but it just wasn't necessarily a comic that I was too into, so I never continued reading it. Uh, she's, like, one of the first uh, big, like, major Muslim characters to have her own comic book. So it definitely seems like they're going to be... Uh, I, I mean, that's just another thing that's like, okay, another diversity push kind of thing there. Um, so, okay. But she's a character that, at least from the comics that I've read, which again, is very few, that was like really inspired by the old Ms. Marvel, who, who is now Captain Marvel. And then she ends up getting her own superpowers. I think she's actually technically an inhuman, and that's how she gets her powers. And her powers are, like, they're kind of like Mr. Fantastic, where, but only she can, like, grow and shrink her body parts to big and weird sizes. But she can also, like, manipulate it in weird ways like Mr. Fantastic. So I think that's kind of along the lines of what her superpowers is. I don't really think we've seen a good example of this type of superpowers in live action, so I'm really curious to see how they're going to do that. That's that's a superpower that, it, it seems to me, doesn't just flow as smoothly into live action as something like, uh, you know, Captain America or, or, you know, some of these other heroes that we have, you know, Thor or something. This is one that it, it's going to take some work to make it be, to make it feel right when it happens on the big screen or on the small screen, I guess, in this case. So I, I'm curious to see how that's going to look. I mean, this is going to have to be, it seems like a lot of these are going to have to be like big budget shows, which is interesting. Like, are these shows going to have as big a budget as a movie, you know, or something. I don't know. I, I, I'm really curious about this because I, I'm curious to see what level of content we get with the shows. And then if they do move right into the movies, you know, do, do their do the level of content like dramatically increase in the movies or anything? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just kind of curious to see how all this is going to go down with the shows. And, you know, as for Miss Marvel specifically, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm mostly because it's a Marvel show, and I, it'll probably be good. But you know, this isn't a character that I'm I'm like too fond of or anything. Uh, you know, she's fine, and the fact that they're adding her, okay. You know, I, I'm curious enough. I assume they'll probably keep the element of her like seeing Captain Marvel. Like, whatever Captain Marvel was doing in uh, Endgame and be like, whoa, and, you know, I want to live up to be that, you know, and then uh, and then she gets her powers and, and tries to be kind of, you know, the, the next Captain Marvel or Ms. Marvel, you know, kind of thing. So, you know, okay, cool. Uh, that, I, I think that has the potential to be good, but I it's not one that I'm particularly excited for. 
of the three recently announced shows, that one is uh, by far the one that I'm looking forward to the least. So let's talk about these other two shows. Moon Knight. Awesome. This is totally a character that I thought, man, this character should have a TV show. Honestly, I thought he should have had a TV show in the Netflix-style Marvel Universe, you know? He should have been in with those characters in a really dark series, you know? And and him being in the, you know, Disney Plus and all this kind of stuff makes me think, okay, they're not going to go nearly as dark with this character as they could. And I think they kind of should with the character like Moon Knight. But, okay, they're not going to go as dark with him. That's fine. But Moon Knight is a very interesting, very weird character. He's had a lot of variations over the years in the comics, like a lot of different a lot of different takes on the character and like the origin of the character is all kind of muddled as to to where exactly he comes from and like all this like where exactly some of his powers and stuff comes from, what all powers he even has necessarily versus, you know, just kind of the the more techie stuff he uses, like Batman or something, you know, uh, so all this, you know, the, the, I'm assuming they'll probably streamline it a little more, uh, you know, make it maybe a little more clear, even if he has a mysterious background, I think that could be super cool too, uh, but man, I'm, I'm extremely curious to see what this Moon Knight show is gonna be, this is, honestly, of all the Disney Plus shows announced, this is probably one of my most anticipated, because, I really think Moon Knight could be something special. So, yeah, Moon Knight series, I'm really excited. By the way, there's no dates for these series yet, but sometime within the next two years. So, there you go. Uh, Moon Knight, extremely excited for this. One other one we have is She-Hulk. They just announced a She-Hulk series. Also, very cool. I'm gonna, actually, I have plans for She-Hulk in my uh, Hulk movie pitches here later in the show. So, I'll get to that when I get to that. But She-Hulk is one of those characters that is like, okay, it's just the female version of a male character. And a lot of times when I see that, I'm like, ah, come, come on, can't she come up with something more original or more interesting than that? But really, she's a great example of that because, like, they take that character and they do something just completely different with a Hulk character. And this is, you know, She-Hulk, she's, you know, big, green, and everything like a Hulk, but she's, like, totally in control of the Hulk. There's no, like, kind of dual personality thing really going on with this, at least not in any of the comics or anything that I've read with She-Hulk. And she's a lawyer, and, and so a lot of it, I guess kind of like Matt Murdock and some ways a lot of her story is her going and solving cases and and like and trying to you know be out there and helping people and stuff like that and being a lawyer which is like that is awesome are we gonna have her being a lawyer for like other superheroes or whatever like I think that is extremely cool and I think this could be great uh I I hope it's good again this is another one that's gonna need a big budget if if she's going to be, like, all CGI, presumably. I mean, the the other Hulk is all CGI. So, presumably, She-Hulk's going to be all CGI. I'm really curious what the origin story is going to be. Is she going to get a blood transfusion with Bruce Banner? Or, or what is that going to be? I, I don't know. I'm curious. That's what happens in the comics and then she gets powers and stuff. Which, you know, honestly, I, I think they could totally do away and, and change what her origin story would be, and I would be totally fine with that, though it really does seem like it has to have some connection to Bruce Banner, uh, other than the fact that, you know, she's his cousin kind of thing. It has to have some other kind of connection to Bruce Banner to make it make sense. Otherwise, it's like, okay, what's the chances that now we have a Hulk number two, you know? it's That's way more unlikely than someone building, you know, a second... Uh, robot suit and being the next Iron Man or, you know, something like that. This is just, you know, what are the chances? The Hulk happening was one in a million chances. What are the chances that we're going to get a She-Hulk, right? Um, so I'm really curious to see how they'll handle that, but I'm excited for this. I think this is great, and this is, this is definitely a character I would like to see in the MCU, so I'm happy. Kevin Feige has said that, you know, these are characters that are going to start off on the small screen, but they will definitely transition onto the big screen. So whenever that next, you know, Avengers movie or whatever comes up, some of these characters are going to be there, which is, is interesting. I'm, I'm really, 
I'm really kind of curious to see how this whole Disney Plus thing is going to work out for them. I mean, I guess I just really wonder how this is going to turn out. Like, with all the content that Disney Plus has, I'm sure it's going to be a success. You know, I'm sure a lot of people are going to buy into it. But I just kind of have a hard time believing that all the MCU fans that are going to want to see the next big team-up movie, whatever that may be, Avengers or, or New Avengers or, or whatever that may be, I have a hard time believing that they're all going to have seen all of these shows and know where all of these new characters are coming from. I don't know. In some ways, I could honestly see something like this being the downfall of the Marvel Cinematic Universe where there's just too many like necessary things that you have to follow that it just gets too convoluted for the layman to really understand or, or just care to understand by the time it comes around to a team-up movie with, you know, She-Hulk and also with, you know, Blade who has the movie or, you know, whatever. These characters that have the show and then the characters that have the movie, you know, like, I, I really don't know how this is going to work. I'm really curious. Uh, I'm curious to see how this is going to work. I hope it works. I hope it's great. And I hope people are happy with it and stuff. Um... But, I don't know, I, I tend to be personally more excited for the movies than for the TV shows, just because I like movies better than TV shows, you know? M movies are my favorite genre, my favorite medium of entertainment, and so I'm more excited for the movies than I am for the, the shows or, or anything else that happens in the MCU. Uh, I don't know, maybe Disney has this all figured out and it'll all be just fine. I don't know how this is all going to work, but I'm extremely curious to figure out and i mean i'm at this point i'm definitely getting a disney plus subscription uh you know basically just for the marvel stuff i mean i'm looking forward to like the mandalorian that the, there was a trailer for that at d23 it looks pretty cool it looks pretty cool but uh i mean really it, it's mainly for this all right and some other random mcu news here that also came from d23 Kit Harrington, uh, whom you might recognize as Jon Snow from Game of Thrones, who, in case you didn't know, knows nothing. So, you know, Jon Snow knows nothing. Anyway, uh... <laughs> Uh, okay, sorry about that. Anyway, uh, Kit Harrington has been cast as Black Knight. This is a character that I don't know too well, but looking up uh, his character, he has this, uh, this sword called the Ebony Blade. That's It's a sword that grants him supernatural abilities, but also has an insatiable bloodlust. So it's like, okay, he gets... He gets supernatural abilities with a sword, but then he also must kill people, and he really wants to kill people. It's kind of a, a Venom situation, it seems like, or a uh, or or kind of a Ghost Rider situation with a kind of a dual uh, dual personalities, not dual personalities, but dual like desires, where he you know one wants to be good, one wants to be evil, kind of thing going on, which is always very interesting. I, I like that. That's one of the things I like about. Uh, Venom a lot and one of the things I like about Ghost Rider and stuff so this sounds like a cool idea for a character uh, he's gonna debut in the Eternals so he's gonna be in the Eternals movie but looking at his Wikipedia page because again I, I don't really know this character so looking at his Wikipedia page as far as I could tell he has very little if nothing to do with the Eternals so I don't know if this is setting him up for a future movie or something if it is I mean cool if he's a good character cool um but it's the, the, that's kind of my impression a little bit is that maybe this is going to be setting him up for his own movie or maybe he's just going to be a part of the Eternals I don't know I mean I, I again I don't know much of anything about this character uh it just sounds like a pretty cool idea and hey you know Kid Harrington is a good actor so there you go cool uh, they also did act technically show some concept art for the Eternals, but it was just like it's somebody took a picture and it's like a crowd and the people standing on the stage and there's the concept. It's hard to see. So it's like, I don't know. I'll, I'll judge that later. It looked like people in costumes, though. So I don't know. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> but they, they did release a Black Widow poster which looked pretty cool, had Black Widow, uh, and you get a, like a little glimpse of Taskmaster there, which is pretty cool, uh, but what's more interesting to me, I thought, was the little glimpse of you s David Harbour as the Red Guardian you see in here, because I'm just really curious to see 
what they're going to do with the Red Guardian, who's like, this is the Captain America of Russia, so Captain Russia kind of character, the Red Guardian, and he, he even has like a shield, and he has like the half helmet thing kind of coming over, kind of like Captain America. You see a little bit of that in the poster, but it's like in the background and like dyed red, whereas, you know, the, the, you know, Black Widow's in the foreground and she's in the correct color and all this kind of stuff, so, you know, so you don't get a very good look at it, but I'm really curious to see what his outfit looks like, and, uh, and I mean, just, just his character in general, honestly, that's one of the most curious things I have, I am about that movie, is just, like, what is that character gonna be, but also, I love Taskmaster, that's gonna be great, so, I, hopefully that's gonna be great anyway, also, by the way, apparently there's going to be a white Black Widow outfit, it's like a full white Black Widow outfit. Uh, like in the comics, she had a white outfit for, I don't know, for a little while at least. I don't know. I've seen comics uh, with her in a white outfit. I think it was because she was like in a snowy environment. And so she wore the white outfit to blend in the snow as opposed to the black outfit to blend into blackness, I guess. Um, so, you know, cool. You know, we're getting another... We, the, the, the Black Widow outfit has never really changed much. So... That's, it's kind of cool that, you know, we're getting a different outfit with Black Widow. And one more announcement here uh, before we get into my Hulk uh, pitches here. Our first real glimpse here at Phase 5, technically not true, because our first glimpse at Phase 5 was uh, Blade is going to be in Phase 5. So, alright, our second glimpse at Phase 5, our first confirmed movie in Phase 5 is Black Panther 2 real name yet to be released it's going to be released on may 6th of 2022 it's going to be in phase five with uh ryan coogler returning as both the writer and the director who directed and wrote the first one fantastic i loved the first one honestly one of the best marvel movies in my opinion absolutely loved it and so i'm excited that the same guy is coming back to write and direct and i'm just excited for that movie in general because i love that character and i'm really curious to see where they're gonna go from there and I don't know in some ways I'm just like why didn't they just announce these at San Diego Comic-Con like wouldn't it have made more sense or wouldn't it just I don't know I guess I just don't under don't really understand the reasoning behind holding them off and waiting till D23 I guess they wanted big announcements at D23 but why not announce your entire lineup at D23 instead of you know, part of it here, part of it there, and then one phase five thing over there, and like, I don't know, I don't really get it, I don't understand why they announced the things the way that they did, uh, I, I, honestly, I kind of miss the whole just, hey, announce the entirety of phase three all at once, you know, this huge announcement, I kind of miss that, I wish they just announced, like, <laughs> I mean, I guess, you know, if phases are two years now, I guess they wish they announced two phases at once and just say, hey, these are the next four years of movies right here, you know? It's like, I, I guess I just wish they announced more all at once and just have that big impact and whoa and cool, but nah, we didn't get that. And it's, I don't know, it's fine, I guess, but it's just, I, I wish we did. All right, now on to my pitch for a couple here, standalone Hulk movies basically this would be like two movies specifically to kind of finish out the hulk trilogy i guess because the incredible hulk started a trilogy but then i have ideas for like a, a couple other down the line that just just kind of little brief ideas that I'll, I'll get into a little bit a little later on but I'm just gonna pitch my idea. I got like kind of this just rough draft kind of written out here a little bit and we'll see what you think. So after The Incredible Hulk and then okay, The Incredible Hulk happens. That's one of the first movies in the MCU. No Hulk movies since then. And, and there's a reason for that. Like a, a different company, I think Universal like owns the rights or at least owns the rights to some extent of the Hulk. And so you, they can't make a Hulk movie without having them involved to some extent. So I was like, okay, is it even worth making the Hulk movies and all this kind of stuff? And so they stopped making the Hulk movies. Uh, I think originally the, the Incredible Hulk wasn't even necessarily going to be in the MCU. I don't even know if that's true, honestly. So, uh, but anyway, so, um, I'm going to pitch a couple movies here that were, there'll be some light connections to the Incredible Hulk, but it's mainly just going to be following the Hulk after what we've seen in 
Endgame. Okay, so my first movie here is called The Hulk Gamma Island. So I, I took out The Incredible from The Incredible Hulk just so, you know, if they want to kind of distance themselves from that movie because that movie is so much different and everything and they don't want people to think, oh, this is the sequel to that movie or something. No, no, no. This, I mean, it technically kind of is, but this is its own thing. So it's The Hulk Gamma Island. So The Hulk, you know, Bruce Banner ended up uh, pretty happy in Endgame, right? Yeah, but what if that was a lie? What if only Bruce Banner is happy because he can now control the Hulk and the Hulk is stuck somewhere in there watching in disgust with what's going on through Banner's eyes like in Get Out when they go into that sunken place and he's just staring up there going, what in the world is going on? Now, of course, Banner doesn't know that this is a thing until until the thing that, that kind of kicks this movie off happens. And what is that? It is Hulk and Bruce Banner getting separated into two separate ent entities. Now, in the comics, I've read one of the stories where he gets separated, and it was uh, it was Bruce Banner that was wanting it to happen, and he gets the help of of Doom, Doctor Doom, to help separate him, and then he like separates him, and they go their separate ways. Uh, you would have to change that a little bit because Banner's happy with his new situation and everything with where, you know, Hulk's at and everything, but Hulk is the one that's not happy. So, uh, the separation would have to be different because of the, the situation here in the MCU is different. So my idea for that is that the leader who was technically kind of introduced in the Incredible Hulk, we'll bring him back here. He understands what's going on with the Hulk and that the Hulk's actually trapped in there uh, raging to get out. And he sets him free by separating Hulk and Banner against Banner's wishes. And since he's like super intelligent and super scientific and all this stuff, he figures out a way that this can happen. And he basically, you know, he captures the Professor Hulk that we got in Endgame, separates them, and then we got Banner, and then we got the Hulk. And so at this point, the Hulk just fed up with everything, just runs away and, and you know, runs off and, and settles down, essentially. He uh, ultimately... All the Hulk wants is peace, right? And, and so ultimately he just runs away and he finds his peace without Banner. And since they didn't exactly do this in Thor Ragnarok, this is, you know, uh, which they did the, the Planet Hulk storyline in. So we have to do it here. So Hulk settles down and he, he gets married and he has a family, including a son named Scar. Okay, so all that happened in the Planet Hulk storyline. So here, he goes away, he has his family, and he, all this on Earth. And the, you'd have to figure out someone to that he could marry that he wouldn't just, like, immediately, like, injure or kill or something. Uh, because you can't just invent some random alien anymore like they did in the comics there that is strong enough to be, you know, his bride. <laughs> so, uh, you know, maybe they could have that same character if they play their hands right, but, you know, if they play their cards right, but... You know, you have to have some somebody that is powerful enough and strong enough that can marry the Hulk up in here. So they get married, they settle down, there's this time jump, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And so at this point, we're a few years from the beginning of the movie, and everyone's happy, right? You know, everybody's happy. What Bruce Banner wanted for so long happened, and what Hulk wanted for so long happened, and you know, it's like, okay, everybody's happy, right? Wrong. Bruce Banner not having the Hulk inside of him is starting to drive him crazy and he becomes this mad scientist. Banner somehow like he'll acquire this island where he can conduct all his his experiments, you know, in peace, undercover and all this kind of stuff. So now he's messing with all this gamma, gamma radiation that's creating monsters and trying to he's trying to recreate the Hulk, but he can't do it and it's driving him crazy there's all these monsters and everything all around him on the island he's mutating uh, animals and, and there's just all kinds of craziness all on this island with him as he's trying to recreate the hulk and he can't do it now out of this 
the She-Hulk could be created. Now, this would give She-Hulk like a little bit more of a nefarious origin story uh, than she has in the comics, but honestly, I think it's a kind of a more natural way for them to bring her into the MCU uh, than, than if they did her actual origin story from the comics. And also, it would show how far gone Banner is at this point because he's experimenting on his own cousin. You know, it's terrible. So ultimately, they're separated. Hulk's over here. He's happy. Banner's over here just going crazy. And he, he's just out of his mind. And so She-Hulk, you know, he gets she gets created there. She escapes Banner. And she goes to the Hulk to try to convince him to help. Okay, let's, let's calm Banner down. And after much deliberation, because, I mean, the Hulk doesn't want to ruin the good thing he has going, you know, right? But also he... He harbors a lot of hatred towards Banner for everything that, that Banner did towards him, right? Like capturing him and just always kind of, you know, they've always had kind of this antagonistic relationship. And then that being the last straw of the whole, whole Professor Hulk thing where he's in charge and then holding down this other Hulk that, you know, never can come to the surface, the real Hulk, you know. But ultimately, he agrees to help she-Hulk go and talk to Banner, but he leaves not knowing yet whether he's gonna go there and save Banner or whether he's gonna go there and kill Banner. And so here we are. It's Hulk versus Banner, and we're rooting for the Hulk this time. I love it. All right, so ultimately, Hulk and She-Hulk, they go to the island, they smash their way through all these gamma monsters and everything, and they ultimately meet up with this very bitter, kind of evil version of Bruce Banner. And now somehow, whether it be through like a mech suit or something, Banner and Hulk have to have like this one-on-one -on -one fight, right? Which of course, ultimately Hulk is, is going to win the fight, and Hulk seeing the miserable state that Banner's in, he looks at him and he, he sees he sees everything that he's done in just kind of this terrible place that he's in. And he just, he forgives him for everything that he did against him. And he just leaves him in this destroyed mad, mad scientist laboratory and just leaves him there. She-Hulk is going to be a little less forgiving and she's going to use her lawyer skills to put him away for a long time. And that will wrap up the movie right there. Now, parts of what I've said here are based on the Planet Hulk storyline and uh, a lot of other parts are based on the there's an incredible hulk run written by jason aaron uh where there's a version kind of a version of what i'm describing that happens it's uh it's about 15 issues it's uh not a perfect run but i love the concept of this series and i, I think i think the series is totally worth reading in the comics banner and bruce get separated bruce goes a full mad scientist on this deserted island with all the monsters and everything. Also, there's like giant gamma sharks and stuff that Hulk has to fight in one issue, which is, is really cool. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that's a really cool run. Also, the next run of Hulk comics called The Indestructible Hulk, written by Mark Wade. Uh, also, also a very good Hulk run, but I, I didn't really take any elements of that one uh, for this. But... That's basically kind of my overarching pitch for this first movie. What do you think? I think it's pretty cool. I, there's some stuff in here that I would always, I, I always thought would be cool to see happen on the big screen. I always thought it'd be cool to see Hulk and Bruce get actually separated and all this kind of stuff. Uh, She-Hulk getting introduced and Scar getting introduced. Some of these other uh, Hulk side characters that you never really see getting introduced I think would be really cool. Um... So yeah, there we go. That's that's my idea for here. Then we there's some other movies that here that you can have in between. I mean, you could have the She-Hulk movie, or as it turns out, it's gonna be a TV show. So you could have the She-Hulk TV show in between here, where she's doing all her lawyery kind of stuff in here. And then you can have a Scar movie, cause I, I think he's a pretty cool character. And you can have him. Here's my pitch for this movie: is a Scar King of the Savage Land, cause there was a, a comic book run, or I think it was just a miniseries. 
called that, where he, uh, you know, goes to the Savage Land and becomes the king of the Savage Land, I guess. Uh, <laughs> you could have Axeman Bone as the villain. Uh, the Savage Land hasn't been introduced in the MCU yet, but I mean, you could introduce it here or somewhere, you know, maybe it came into existence when the Thanos snapped and, you know, broke dimensions and stuff. I don't know. You you could have a way for the Savage Land to be there and have Scar go there and be its king. And I don't know, maybe we can get, uh, what's his name, Moon Moon Girl and, and the Devil Dinosaur there too, maybe? I don't know. Uh, all right. Those aren't int- those characters are not integral to uh, my next uh, Hulk movie here at all. But uh, my next Hulk movie is another one that I would love to see them do on the big screen, and that is World War Hulk. Okay, so this movie, it's kind of going to be like a Civil War kind of movie, where it's like almost an Avengers kind of movie, uh, where you got a lot of Avengers characters in here, but it's it's more focused on one character. There's like one kind of central lead character, but... There's going to be a lot of Avengers uh, appearing in here and featured in here. So, uh, you know, again, we have to change the story here a little bit because, you know, Thor Ragnarok, like, used up the Planet Hulk storyline without setting up for this, you know, which that storyline directly leads into the the World War Hulk storyline and stuff. So, you know, we'd, we'd have to change stuff there. And there's going to be a lot of differences from what the World War Hulk storyline actually is. Uh, but, okay. So this movie opens, there's some kind of threat. Uh, maybe it's the leader. We can say it's the leader doing something here because the the Hulk has a lot of goodwill built up towards the leader because he's the one that, that freed him from Banner, right? So the leader is up to something and the Avengers show up to stop him. Now, Hulk's wife, uh, whom I will call Kiera because that's her name in the comics. So Kiera is there when the Avengers and the leaders get into the inevitable like superhero battle that's going to happen. Uh, during this, Kira gets mortally wounded, and it's kind of the Avengers' fault. You know, it's, it's like it's more the Avengers' fault than it is the leader's fault. And I, I mean, I suppose this would kind of be getting into that, you know, woman in the refrigerator conundrum that a lot of movies kind of get into. But I mean, this is kind of how the story goes in the comics. I mean, I know, is that an excuse? I don't know. Anyway, uh, but here we go. <laughs> so she's mortally wounded. So, of course, you know, the Hulk shows shows up and sees his wife hurt and the Avengers are freaking out. Falcon is like still learning how to lead the Avengers, right? And he's never had an innocent die on his watch. And so during all this confusion, the leader makes sure to kind of spin the story a little bit in his favor and kind of against the Avengers. And the Hulk believes him because, I mean, he, he has some goodwill built up towards the leader, right? So Hulk is obviously he's extremely upset he's angry and it's looking like he might start attacking the avengers it's like oh what's gonna happen the avengers are like kind of preparing but they don't want to but then kiera talks him down here you know his dying wife is like no no come back and so the Hulk comes and, you know, he picks up his wife and he, he takes her home or at least he at least takes her to like, uh, you know, some pr- private place or something where uh, when Tiara is dying, she begs the Hulk not to seek revenge and, and she begs him to forgive them. Then she dies. Naturally, the Hulk is dicked off, right? And ignoring his wife's final wishes, he seeks revenge. Cut to the Avengers Mansion. Now, presumably, it's uh, been rebuilt at this point. Uh, I'm pretty much going more off of my plan for what the MCU was than their plan for what the MCU was. Uh, But, you know, um, I don't know. It's fine, I guess. (laughs) Presumably, the uh, Avengers Mansion has been rebuilt at this point. Uh, So, cut to the Avengers Mansions. The Avengers are very shaken up by what's happened. You know, Falcon's, like, questioning whether he should be even leading. You know, it's like, it's a really bad time. And suddenly, the Hulk shows up in the doorway. It's just like, boom, Hulk, uh, you know, silhouette there in the doorway. Everybody sees it and is like, uh-oh. Falcon, overcome with grief, approaches the Hulk and, and apologizes profusely. And, you know, he's begging for his forgiveness. The Hulk is just standing there, like, stoically unmoving until, bam, 
Hulk punches Falcon, Falcon goes flying, and then just all-out chaos begins. Hulk is fighting, and not only is Hulk, like, standing his ground, Hulk is mopping the floor against the entire group of the Avengers here. The Avengers ultimately have to retreat, run away, run away, they ultimately escape. And now, Falcon is mad. Falcon is is ticked off at the Hulk now, and he's like, all right, you know what? The Hulk is a problem here. The Hulk is a danger, and he needs to be taken care of. Now, She-Hulk is there because uh, she's an Avenger, but she tries to talk him down, but, you know, because the Hulk is her family, but ultimately she fails to do that, so uh, she tries to, you know, she leaves to try to, you know, solve this her own way. So She-Hulk goes to the Savage Land to meet up with Scar, right? Who, you know, he's the king of the Savage Land now, right? So, Scar, she talks to him and basically says, you know, hey, we need to have an intervention with the Hulk here, right? You know, but before they leave, She-Hulk is like, there's someone else we need to pick up. And then it cuts away and you're like, who is it? I don't know. And then we'll figure out later on in the story uh, because this is a movie and they do that. All right. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, with the Avengers, Falcon is preparing to take the fight to the Hulk. So, the Avengers are conflicted about fighting the Hulk because, you know, he was their friend. But, I mean, he's clearly a threat at this point, and he's clearly kind of out of control at this point. So, they decide, okay, we're going to follow our leader. You know, we're going to follow him with this, even though we're not quite sure if this is the right decision. This time, though... Falcon has a trump card. Not just one trump card, but two trump cards. The Avengers confront the Hulk, and just to add insult to injury, they do it at a, a bad time for the Hulk. You know, maybe he's just starting to get a little bit of peace and quiet, and he's just like starting to kind of mourn the loss of his wife. And then they show up, and boom, Falcon called in Captain Marvel and Silver Surfer, the two biggest, most powerful Avengers that there are, his Trump cards. And if you're wondering, like, wait, Silver Surfer is not going to be there yet, probably. It yeah, probably not, but in my pitch for the uh, Phase 4 here, uh, he was. So, here we go. They were both busy in space, you know, prior to this, so they weren't around for the first attack. But they're here now, and Falcon tells the Hulk, you know, we're taking you in, man. You, you're out of control now. And Hulk says, walk away, or I'm going to kill all of you. And Hulk is like, he's, he's giving them this chance, you know, you can end it now, but Captain Marvel, being the arrogant character that she is, she's like, I screw this, and she flies in at Hulk to capture him herself, and kabam, Hulk one punches Captain Marvel, and she's on the ground, knocked out cold. But how, you say, if Captain Marvel is supposedly the strongest Avenger, well... I don't know if this has been established actually in the MCU canon yet, but the angrier Hulk gets, the stronger he gets. And Hulk has never been this angry before, so therefore he has never been this powerful before. Bam! Captain Marvel is out. Wow, okay. Silver Surfer puts up a little bit more of a fight, I mean, just because he's he's more prepared going in because he sees this, but ultimately, Hulk even beats down Silver Surfer and then the rest of the Avengers again, and he is not holding back. These characters are getting seriously hurt. So the entire team is down. Hulk is standing over Falcon and, and he's gonna kill him, right? This is when She-Hulk shows up with her trump cards. Scar, the son of Hulk, and Bruce Banner, Hulk's other half. Hulk's initial, like, instinct with them is just to fight because he's in rage mode, right? You know, he's the Hulk and he's angry. But these three, like, refuse to fight back and they're just trying to talk sense into him. She-Hulk is saying, hey, you know, you're killing your friends. Some of the, the few people that really truly accept you for who you are. Scar is saying, Dad, dude, you taught me to control my anger. You need to start doing that now before it's too late. Banner is saying, 
you helped me out of the darkest time of my life in the last movie when you forgave me for all the horrible things that I did to you. Now I'm here to return the favor. You know, now is the time for forgiveness. I'm trying to help you now. And it's at this point when the Hulk sees this and he he realizes what he's doing and how he's he's destroying the the connection that he has with the family he has left, you know, and and he remembers what his wife said to him, you know, right before she died, you know, forgive them. And he turns to the beaten and, and bloody Falcon sitting there on the ground and forgives him and forgives the, the team. He then turns himself over to the Avengers so they can take him in. Now, I'm not exactly sure uh, who they would turn him into, whether it be shield or sword or, or what, but he's got to go to some big like underground super prison, right? So he's in this big underground super prison. That's the ending. It's kind of like a kind of a bummer ending because he gets locked away, but it's also not completely dark ending either because he did decide to forgive them and he did decide ultimately to do the right thing. Now, this would be a hard balance to kind of get right without making it too dark or too bleak of an ending or something. Uh, but I, I honestly think an ending like this could be great and could be awesome. But wait... That's not the end, because we got an after-credits scene. Presumably there was one in the last movie, but I, I just didn't come up with it. After-credits scene. So here we got a security guard pushing this huge platter of prison food on a cart, and he walks up to the cell, and, you know, he pushes the platter inside there, and the camera pans around, and, of course, it's Hulk's cell, and he's locked away in solitary there. But, I mean, he looks surprisingly uh, contented, in there for being locked away in solitary. Uh, it's then revealed that the security guard is actually Bruce Banner in disguise. He's obviously not supposed to be there. He's dressed up as like the security guard. And then he tells Hulk, dude, the world up top is screwed in a matter of days. You're the only one that can stop this. And there's only one way the Hulk is getting out of here unseen. We need to get back together. Bam, the band is getting back together. Bruce Banner and the Hulk has got to come back together down there in this underground cell base thing in order to get back up and save the world. And that would be the fourth, setting up for the fourth solo Hulk film, The Hulk Gamma World. And this one, this one would be about the leader. I mean, he's been teased since The Incredible Hulk, and then he's had small but important roles in my Hulk movies here. So it's about time he's the lead villain here, you know, so... You know, what's the reason that the Hulk is the only one that can stop it? You know, I'm thinking of like an actual like Gamma World situation where the leader is beginning to kind of like terraform the world or something or like he's releasing all these great gamma rays into the world. And so like the Hulks are the only one that can safely enter the Gamma Zone that the leader's in, right? So, I mean, okay, why not She-Hulk? Why not Scar or some of these other Hulks now that we have some? Well, they can handle the radiation, maybe, but, you know, and they could put up a good fight, but we also need someone with that scientific brain to shut this thing down, a.k.a. Bruce Banner. We need the band to get back together to stop the leader here. And then the leader's plans would not just be the generic, you know, I'm going to destroy the world and make a better one, you know, like every villain ever, apparently. Uh, <laughs> it's not going to be Apocalypse again, you know, because that villain sucked. Um, <laughs> uh, it'll start off like looking like that and then there's going to have to be like some twist revealing the leader's true plans and showing how big of a mastermind he is because the leader is actually like this really brilliant, uh, you know, mastermind kind of a villain fighting the Hulk, which is generally just a brute force kind of hero. Uh, so I don't know what his true plans would be yet. I haven't gone too deeply into what this movie would be yet like I did the other ones. Uh, I mean, I don't know, maybe Thunderbolt Ross could get transformed into Red Hulk during the events of this movie. Uh, 
you know, maybe he's trying to stop this too and he absorbs some nasty radiation and then, you know, we could have Red Hulk in the next movie, you know, and he could be... I, if I did a Red Hulk movie, I would want to keep it a mystery as to who the Red Hulk is for a while, much like they do in the comics. So, you know, then we actually see... You know, who the, like we see Red Hulk in this movie or something, and then in the next movie it's revealed, oh my goodness, that's General Thunderbolt Ross? That's bonkers, you know? It's like, that That could be pretty cool. And I mean, if Red Hulk is going to be the main villain of the fifth movie, I, I mean, honestly, I'd say, hey, let's bring back Abomination, too. I mean, honestly, he's one of the best MCU villains, in my opinion. So, let's bring back the Abomination. They never killed him. He could totally be back, and it would make sense with uh, Ross to bring back the Abomination because he was the, you know, he, he worked right with Ross and all this kind of stuff. So, hey, you know what? That kind of makes sense, and they probably have him. Uh, as for other future Hulk movies, I mean, I've always wanted to see a Hulk versus Wolverine movie. Uh, that's, you know, and now that they have the X-Men, that could happen. And honestly, I really hope that does happen. I think that would be so awesome. So, I mean, that's that's on my movie wish list right there. Hulk versus Wolverine. And uh, and what's the high, the final Hulk movie? I mean, it has to end somewhere, right? Well, the final Hulk movie, it's got to be Old Man Logan, right? It's a Wolverine movie, yes, but, man, it's like a sad, depressing, crappy end to the Hulk character, and it's great. It's great. It's it's such a great ending to this character. It's also a very depressing, sad, awful ending to this character, but, uh, but yeah, that would be my ending to the Hulk character is the Old Man Logan storyline. I would love to see a legit Old Man Logan story, you know, I mean, they like, oh, man, Logan is kind of the old man Logan storyline of the, you know, of the movies, and it's like, you took elements of it, I guess, it's not even remotely close to the old man Logan storyline, uh, Logan's awesome, though, I love Logan, um, but, yeah, so anyway, that would be my, uh, final, I, <laughs> final idea for the, the Hulk trilogy, I mean, he doesn't end up in a good way there, but ultimately, uh, I like my ideas here for the future of the movies. That's why I said them. So that's because I like them. What do you think of them? HelixReviewsPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, this is fun. I, I like coming up with ideas for movies, kind of pitching movies to you guys. Uh, is this something you're interested in? Like, is it, was this fun? I mean, it's, I guess it's basically just fan fiction, I guess. Uh, so that's kind of weird, but I don't know. I think it was fun to do. And if you think it was fun to listen to, I'll do more of them. You know, I'll do, you know, what I think Spider-Man should do or what I think, uh, Venom should do or something, you know, something else comic book related or, or maybe not even comic book related. You know, maybe I could talk about, the crossover of Blade Runner 2099 and uh, Aliens that I, I kind of have going on in my mind that I think would be pretty cool, you know? So I, I could pitch that to you. What do you think of that? You want me to pitch that? Shoot me an email. If you say you want me to pitch that, I'll uh, workshop that a little bit and uh, maybe I can I can do that as a future episode as well. I think this is pretty fun. If you do, shoot me an email. HelixReviewsPodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. This this pitching movies idea in particular. What are your thoughts on the movies that I'm pitching? Uh, if you have one to pitch too, you could write up something and I can read it here on the show as well. So shoot me an email. HelixReviewsPodcast at gmail.com. I said the email address like 25 times now. Uh, I think it's time to move on. For my creator spotlight this week, hey, I'll, actually, I'll tell you about a podcast that I discovered today. I've listened to, uh, I'm I'm in the sixth episode now. It comes out in like thirteen episode seasons, I think. They're in season three. It's not an audio drama, but it's it's called Spooked. Actually, it's technically called Snap Judgment Presents Spooked. I don't know anything about Snap Judgment. I, I assume there's some kind of either company or just kind of group of people that do several different podcasts or something. Uh, considering how much I really enjoyed these first six episodes, I'm going to have to check out whatever they do. But just the, the podcast Spooked is absolutely fascinating. So this is basically they gather together different real-world stories of people that have been in uh, 
scary and unexplained circumstances where, you know, something happens that is potentially supernatural or potentially just something kind of otherworldly seeming to happen. And you get these, these accounts that from the people that actually experienced them, they record themselves, you know, saying it all. And then, uh, and then you listen to that, and it's it's absolutely fascinating. Some of them, there, there was a couple that I listened to, and I'm like, and I just don't really believe those ones. But then there's other ones that's like, I, that sounds real. I mean, and, and the, I mean, if it's all fake, technically, I mean, it, it could all be fake, I guess. They say it's real, and they make it all seem really real. But if it is fake, they got some really good actors to act it, because it sounds super legit. Um, but... It's, it's basically just people describing events in their lives that they can't fully explain and that are generally creepy. And this, it's really, really cool. Absolutely fascinating. I'm hooked. I mean, I discovered it today. I'm six episodes in, like five and a half episodes in, and I'm hooked. I am definitely going to binge through this thing and it is really really interesting so check it out it's at least on itunes i assume it's on other ones i i found it on itunes again spooked really really cool really interesting they have like half hour episodes and each episode has like two or three different stories like two or three different stories uh com- kind of compiled together uh to make up an episode so very very cool I am really really enjoying it there's there's kind of some weird stuff in between like they they kind of do like a Twilight Zone thing where they're like what if uh you know the spookiness was in your house today whoa and then it's like but and some of that kind of weird stuff that's in between the stories I'm like eh okay you know in some ways, it's like that, that kind of detracts a little bit from what the real world stories that people are telling, uh, you know, that that they experienced. Right. So I don't know. In, in some ways, I wish they kind of didn't make so much of a showiness out of some of the stuff in between. But man, once you get into the meat of it, which is just once you get into the these people telling their stories, it's it's incredible. It is so fascinating and so interesting. I'm really, really enjoying it. So again spooked check it out it's on itunes it's probably on other podcast places really really cool uh yeah that is it for this episode of helix reviews uh future episodes uh there's i I got a lot of stuff in my mind for what i want to do uh oh one thing coming up here i'm probably going to talk about the blair witch movies uh because there's a blair witch video game coming out i'll probably also talk about the blair witch video game and the blair witch movies uh so that's my plan for potentially the next episode uh potentially an episode or two down the line depending on probably how long it takes me to uh, play through the game Uh, i don't think it's a super long game so it shouldn't take me too long but yeah depending on that i don't know exactly when that episode will be coming out but that'll probably be one coming up here pretty soon that's all for this time guys this is david errington of the helix reviews podcast signing out bye bye guys